Welcome to In Line With Nature, the podcast that explains an approach to building that puts the future of our planet first. With me, Hannah McInnes. In this series, I talk to experts about modern day construction, its impact on the natural world, and why the time for change is now. I'll be talking to our series of guests about new approaches to design, reimagining a built environment that's at one rather than at odds with nature. Hi, my name's Merlin Sheldrake. I'm a biologist and a writer, and I work with fungi. So given that, what brings you to the Closed Forum Conference on the built environment? What does the built environment mean to you? When I hear the term the built environment, I think of the entire biosphere. Um, the biosphere is an environment that's been built by organisms, just not by humans all the time. And so um, I think about it in this general ecological and evolutionary sense. Do you think, therefore, the built environment and people's concept of it is as much about changing mindsets and ideas as it is about the physical materials? Yes, I think that's probably the case for many fields right now. Um, We need to change the cultures uh, of thought and practice and the values that we hold and and, and maintain and defend. And so um, I think that's very much the case for for questions about the built environment as well, whether we're thinking about buildings or humans or uh, whether we're thinking about non-humans and landscapes. So can you explain to people how what you do fits in quite literally, to the idea of the built environment? So I study fungi, which uh, this is a kingdom of life. It's as broad a category as animals or plants. And um, when we think of fungi, we normally think of mushrooms, but most fungi live most of their lives as networks of cells, um, networks of tubular cells called mycelial networks. And these networks uh, play a, a huge role in Um, holding the living world together. They form physical connections between organisms. They um, bind uh, the soil together. If you took away the fungi that lived in the soil, the soil would just wash away. They form a sticky living seam um, by which um, many organisms are are brought into contact and held in contact. Um, Much of the biomass in soils is made up of these fungal networks. And through these fungal networks, enormous amounts of nutrients and um, energy-containing carbon compounds like sugars flow. And so um, these are really world-making organisms, and they've shaped the history of life, and they've shaped the biosphere for um, over a billion years. What I'm trying to get my head around and listeners' heads around is when they think of the built environment, where we live, where we actually inhabit physically, how does it fit into that? Because I, I think it does on two levels. A higher understanding of what you do helps people feel more connected to their environment, as you say. But also there are quite literal ways in which fungi can be used in the built environment. Yes, so there are new uh, materials that are being developed which are made up of uh, fungal mycelium and, and other types of organic material like corn stalks or sawdust. Uh, and these, are, um, these materials can be grown into all sorts of shapes. Um, they have all sorts of interesting and very useful um, material properties and they can decompose at the end of their life. <clears throat> you make them out of fungi and um, agricultural waste so you can harness waste streams and start to close these loops and um, you can grow them in a matter of weeks. Uh, you don't need um, sunlight, you can do them in um, production facilities very quickly and easily. So there's lots of ways, there's also fungal leather like 
materials which can replace leather in many uh, applications uh, and save all of the environmental costs. Um, and so these are really exciting new materials and, and, and may, may shape the way that we um, build physically um, the environments that we live in and also the, the clothes that we wear. Is it happening already? Yes, it's happening. It's, it's, moving, um, it's moving quite fast. And can you scale that sort of thing up? That's what a lot of people are asking themselves here, aren't they? Ideas about um, more ecological materials, whether they work on a wider level. I mean, in principle, you can scale them up. You can grow um, materials where you need to grow them. You, you can harness the waste streams wherever you're growing the materials. Um, in principle, it's, it's, it's very scalable. Um, I'm, I'm sure there are teething pains and, and issues uh, in, in practice right now uh, like as affect any um, young fields um, which are working with new types of materials built with new types of concepts. Um, but it feels like the, um, the principle is very sound. Mm. And do you think there's a good will behind it? I mean, there's such an amazing feeling here, the forum, a real clamour of voices, a real positivity and optimism about the built environment. But away from here, you've been uh, louder and louder in a voice, I think, moving around. People know who you are. You've written brilliant books. Are people, do you think, listening more to these sorts of things, more open, perhaps? For sure, yeah. This is something which, um, which is very noticeable. And um, and with the materials side of it, you know, I get letters, emails um, frequently from architecture students who uh, really want to work with these materials, are incredibly excited by them, are self-organising to have you know, groups of them growing the stuff in their kitchens. Um, it feels like it's a lot of energy, especially from, from younger people, um, about um, moving towards this kind of um, solution and also moving towards a more ecological worldview, a view of the living world as made up of... Um, myriad interconnections and relationships. Mm. Oh, it's really interesting to hear that architects contact you and you've worked with them. No, no, these are just young young architecture students who've yeah. got in touch to ask me how could they get into yeah. this field. It's just because yeah. um, they might have read my um, read my book. And um, I don't normally have a huge amount to say. I say, well, you know, I, I don't actually um, know this field very well. But uh, I suggest that they, they organise and do it themselves with their friends you know, and, and, and just get on with it and, and see, how it, see where it leads them. Can I ask you, on a personal level, what led you to this very specific specialism? You know, I see it as quite a generalism, to be honest. The fungi, are, they're such a, an enormous topic. You know, this is a kingdom of life. That's a broader category as animals. Think about mm. all the ways that animals um, exist in the world, from fleas to shrimps to mammoths and whales. And... Um, and fungi touch so many aspects of our life, whether it be in medicine, whether it be in um, building materials, whether it be in any time you grow a plant or eat a plant, we're, we're relating with fungi that support plant life. And um, we'd have fungi living on us and in us. So fields of medicine, um, health, um, food, agriculture, forestry, so many, so many fields are touched by fungi. So increasingly I see it as a, as a, as a very um, a, a general lens. And how did you get into oh, it? Yes, of course. Um, well, it sort of grew over time. I've been interested in, in um, the living world since I was a child and would ask questions about um, what was going on around me and, 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 and um, I was always encouraged to take an interest in the other lives um, that I came into contact with. And so I, I remember being young and asking about um, how things rot and decompose because I'd take compost, um, kitchen waste out, for, put it on the compost heap and... Um, a few months later, I'd be shoveling that soil onto onto the um, flower beds, and um, 
And it was explained to me that these processes of transformation are overseen by invisibly small organisms, um, bacteria and fungi. And I became curious about these um, organisms called fungi that seem to have so much power and yet live their life out of my sight. And since then, you've obviously stuck very much to this career. How has it progressed since that fascination? Well, I mean, it's, it's just always been something that I've taken an interest in. Um, it's not just fungi. I mean, one of the nice things about thinking about fungi is that um, they come into contact with so many different organisms. So if you follow a fungal line of inquiry, you're bound to bump into a much larger cast of characters before long. Um, but my formal study of fungi began at university when I started to study mycorrhizal fungi, which are the uh, fungi that live in and around plant roots and which um, help plants to find nutrients in the soil and which are fed in turn by their plant partners. Um, and that research took me to the tropics, um, it was where I did my PhD, and, um, and the more I learned about fungi, the more I wanted to learn. It's a Do you think on your travels, it's, it's interesting, we're here in Switzerland and in this beautiful place with all these people so in tune with this theme, do you think there are certain countries that are much more in touch with materials, with the biosphere than others that we should learn from? who've kind of maintained that connection that perhaps modernity has just has sort of taken us away from. I would say less countries and more cultures, mm. um, cultures within countries. And um, yeah, certainly I've met all sorts of different people who, who think um, in more holistic terms about the living world and our relationships within that. And, um, and these encounters have helped me to deepen my um, understanding of of the biosphere and, and what's taking place around us and in us. I think, I mean, the modernity question, there's so many problems that we, we've made for ourselves, um, but I really see a lot of the way forward as being remembering things that we might have forgotten, techniques that we've forgotten, worldviews that we've forgotten, um, and, um, and bringing the amazing tools that we have from modern science and technology um, together with these old knowledges and, and older understandings. Um, seeing where we find ourselves. Yes, because there's a lot of talk here about science, not necessarily positive talk about science, but you see lots of positives in, in this field. Well, science is such a big term, isn't it? It's like, um, it's like saying art, or, and, yeah. and within the sciences, there are so many ways to be a scientist, and a, a quantum physicist is a layperson with regard to somebody who studies the, um, the uh, fossil fishes or, or herpetology. Um, so, yeah, I always see science as the sciences uh, and as filled with possibility and problem as any other field of human endeavour. Mm. You've managed to get a really good voice at the table. You're invited a lot to conferences. People want your opinion at lots of things. Do you think that there are enough voices like yours around that people are listening to? Oh, there, there are so many people that I find inspiring um, and that I am um, feel blessed to encounter and to hear their voice and to read their words. Um, there's yeah, there's all sorts of wonderful people working right now. And here at the forum, I know you did a panel yesterday. Lots of people here, all discussing meeting of minds, and from such diverse um, places, coming at this from such diverse places. I wonder if anything you've heard here, any of the discussions, have altered your perspective or made you go away with a different mindset or excited about something that you hadn't been before. It's been interesting just to, to spend time with people who are, are thinking about the human-built environment um, and are working in that field and just to be in conversations I wouldn't normally be in um, and to hear about many of these very progressive um, and exciting 
um, movements that, that, and, and, and um, changes in perspective that people are, are cultivating. Did anything change your views or surprise you? It's been more, not controversial, but there's a lot of different views. And I just wonder if anything, certain people have, have had their perspectives slightly changed. Um, I don't know if I've been totally surprised. I feel like my um, understanding has been um, deepened and expanded. And if people listening to this, because a lot of people who listen to the podcast, you know, they're not experts. They're not here. We're here, we're sort of surrounded by experts. You're an expert yourself, but they want to be involved and know what they can do be part of this well movement i just wonder what sorts of things you could advise people to do and especially to get it more have more understanding of fungi well i think it's a lot about forming direct relationships you know in for for fungi you might for example um you might start composting you might start fermenting you might go to mushroom grow kit and mush, let mushrooms grow in your um in your life or take up mushroom cultivation in a more serious way um, you might um, start forming relationships with your plants um, or plants that you encounter um, and thinking of the plants as made up of many lives, not just the life of that plant, many fungi and bacteria living in and on it. Um, and so I think there's lots of ways to, 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 to connect in that way. Um, and with the, the built environment, one of the exciting things that was discussed was thinking about where wood comes from. And we were talking about how can people start to think about um, the... Um, the, the ways that the materials in our life um, come to be in our life and um, what is the biography of this stuff that we, we sit on, we put stuff on, we touch every day um, and so taking an interest in, in how this material came to be in your life um, in England you might, for example, if you had little plaques on bits of wood um, you might in some places see a house and there might be a plaque on a bit of wood that said this beam used to be the mast of a ship that sailed five times around the world and, and then was dismembered in this shipyard and came to be in this house. It would totally change your understanding of that, um, that bit of wood. So for me, this is a, a, a way that I can certainly in my life um, connect more with the human built environments that I spend my time in. And do you think that that translates as easily to sort of urban, busy, city life? Because people might listen um, and hear you and a lot of what we talk about here feels much more infinitely doable in the countryside or if you live in the mountains like this but once you're in a busy thriving city it becomes harder to understand yeah i mean it's it's definitely it's and it's often made harder to understand right these things these these complex um supply chains and often very messy processes of extraction and transformation are made invisible from us because for because we don't necessarily want to get into that um and if we do get into that maybe we think twice about um our relationship with that stuff. Um, so yeah, I agree, it's much harder in the city, um, but I think it's still possible. And I think we do unintentionally um, always take in the spaces that we um, that we move through. Um, and some kind of um, a deepened awareness of the spaces we move through, I think can, can be just a very powerful practice in itself. What's next for you in your exciting, and as you say, generalist, but perhaps specialist to some people who don't know so much about it, what's next for you? I know you've been very busy. I'm working with um, an organisation called the Society for the Protection of Underground Networks, or SPUN, and we are working to um, map the distribution of mycorrhizal fungal, fungal populations around the world and to um, try and encourage policymakers and conservation initiatives and projects to start to think more about the life underground um, and to make decisions based uh, about based on what's happening in the soil uh, as well as what's happening above ground and this is one thing that I'm excited about right now. 
Sounds absolutely brilliant. It's so nice to speak to you and fascinating. Thank you very much indeed. Wonderful. Thank you. You've been listening to In Line With Nature, brought to you by the Closters Forum, hosted by me, Hannah McInnes, produced by Claire Heaton and supported by the wonderful team at the Closters Forum. We'd love to hear your thoughts, suggestions or any questions you might have about the episode. Just send your email to podcast at theclostersforum.com and make sure to tune in for our next instalment.